Hello, loyal listeners. Tropic Cyclone here. I guess we'll start with official business. Grandad and Argo seem to have worked out their differences, or at least come to an agreement. Part of that agreement, sadly, is I no longer get to take the big guy for walkies, which I wasn't really allowed to do to begin with, but we'll overlook that. Sad for me, sad for the Kraken, because now he has to stay in his cave. And based on the news reports, sad for a lot of other people. He seems to be popular. People like seeing the big guy out and about. I mean, as long as they're not people on the cruise ship, which there were no people on the cruise ship when I let the Kraken play with it. And yes, Jade Phoenix did show up for a little spat, and she blooded me a little, but that was mostly because it's really hard to fight somebody when you could accidentally kill them by breathing too hard, and not so much due to magic ninja powers, which still kind of suck. Seriously, what is it with heroes that want to bite off way more than they can chew? I'm pretty sure I have a word for that. Oh yes, I remember. Kittens. But this particular kitten is more or less fine, and has probably learned a valuable lesson. Or taken her success way, way too seriously, and is going to get herself into way more trouble with someone less merciful than me. But that's not my problem. And yes, Prime is back to calling himself the Cavalier, which is easier for me, I admit, and I prefer there only being one of them. It's way less confusing. Still not sure what exactly is going on with Creepy Robo-Horse's new look, but Cavalier seems to be proud of it, so... Good, I guess. I suppose we should move on to our movies for the week. I started with Sky High, a 2005 movie that I think was originally on television. It opens up with Will Stronghold talking to his parents about school and powers, which apparently Will hasn't got yet, but he hasn't told his parents that. His parents are both superheroes. One is super strong, and the other can fly, and they're wondering which of their powers Will has inherited, like we don't know what's going to be both. Seriously, why do super strength and flight go together so often? I mean, most heroes who can fly also have super strength. A little less so in the other direction, I suppose, because like, I have super strength and I can't fly. I think most heroes or villains that have super strength can also fly or learn to fly. I mean, look, even the Cavalier, when he built his stupid suit, gave himself flight and strength, right? Moving on. Will gets sent to a super high school that is concealed in where all the children of heroes go. He and his friends get sorted by the coach into groups of either heroes or sidekicks. Because he hasn't got his powers yet, he originally gets sorted into the sidekick group, as does his best friend, who has her powers, but refused to show them to the coach who is doing the sorting because she doesn't believe in using her powers for fun. Seriously, what a stick in the mud. Will eventually gets in a fight in the cafeteria with, with the son of a villain who is pissed off because Will's dad sent his dad to jail. And Will's powers manifest, or at least the super strength does, which gets him bumped up into the hero class and flirting with a senior named Penny. Because his parents are really famous A-list superheroes, he doesn't find it suspicious that a senior girl is interested in the freshman. Of course it's suspicious. Dad gets called in because of the fight in the cafeteria, but he is so happy that Will's power is manifested in the same as his that he takes him down into the family super lair instead of punishing him. This is when we cut to a scene of an unspecified villain who has apparently put a bug or something in the super lair and is plotting to get in. 
Will's senior girlfriend Penny invites the Strongholds to a school dance to receive an award while undermining his relationship with his best friend, Layla. Layla starts being friendly with the guy he fought with in the cafeteria, and eventually everything goes wrong at the school dance when we find out that Will's senior girlfriend Penny was in fact the villain all along. Her plan is working out okay, but she manages to miss Will, who dumped her right before the dance, and most of Team Sidekick, so they have to work together to stop her and rescue all of the big-time heroes, which of course they do, Will discovering in the course of the fight that he has inherited his mother's ability to fly, as well as his dad's super strength. Which, again, as I said earlier, of course he did. There's not a lot of meat to this movie, but it's cute enough, and I didn't hate watching it. I wouldn't say it has character growth exactly, but it tries to pretend that it does, and it's made for younger teenagers, and I think it works fine for what it is. It was certainly not the worst experience of movies watched for this episode. No, the honor of worst movie I watched for this podcast's episode went to Spider-Man 3. Now pay attention, because the Cavalier caused us confusion. I thought he was done with his Spider-Man movies, because he did like, what, three, four X-Men movies? He's got to stick to his serieses, right? But he wasn't done, and the Spider-Man he reviewed last week was not related to the series I have been reviewing for several episodes now. This is the third one in the series I have been doing. And yeah, you would think by now I would stop doing third movies and superhero series, wouldn't you? This has not worked out well for us. We open with Peter still dating Mary Jane and her still doing Broadway play stuff. It's all pretty sweet, so we have to go cut over to villain stuff. First, a meteorite crashes and some kind of symbiote crawls out and attaches itself to Peter's little scooter thing. Elsewhere, the cops are chasing down some kind of criminal who falls into an experimental lab well, not lab, more of a big pit with some sort of accelerator in it. Anyway, he falls in, gets bonded with sand, and it's super creepy, but also super CGI. Yeah. And we've still got Harry Osborn, you remember him from last time, pissed off at Spider-Man for killing his dad and conflicted because Peter's his friend and Spider-Man is his enemy, and yada, yada, yada. But he hits his head, so it's quite a ways into the movie before he remembers he's pissed off at Spider-Man. There's a festival honoring Spider-Man, and while Peter and Aunt May is there, a cop drops the news on them that the guy that fell into the accelerator was Uncle Ben's real killer, not the guy that Spider-Man defeated back in Spider-Man 1. So now Peter is getting obsessive about finding Flint Marco and avenging Uncle Ben. Meanwhile, the alien symbiote thing has attached itself to Peter, and it's making him kind of, well, cranky and evil. Really, that's the only way to go about it. Although really more whiny and cranky than evil. I mean, he's kind of got a bad temper, but many, many heroes do. I mean, Shrike, anyone? But Peter falls asleep, and when he wakes up, he's in a new suit, which is all black, and doesn't remember how he got onto the building that he's on. He does find Marco and fight him in a subway tunnel, where he figures out that water is what makes the Sandman fall apart. Yeah, Sandman. That, that's a thing. And his weakness is water. So really... Not somebody I'd ever hang out with, right? Meanwhile, Mary Jane isn't liking new whiny hostile Peter, and, you know, starts hanging out with Harry again. Harry recovers from his amnesia, and because he's, you know, still hallucinating about his dead dad and pissed off over the whole dead dad thing, convinces Mary Jane that she ought to break up with Peter. Mary Jane tells Peter she's in love with someone else. Harry claims to be the other guy. 
Peter confronts Harry. Harry throws a pumpkin bomb at him, because pumpkin bomb. Peter deflects it back. Harry's face gets messed up. Having decided he hasn't done enough damage for the day, Peter heads off to work and gets a rival photographer at the Daily Bugle fired. Meanwhile, Sandman is recovering from his injuries. Peter's trying to make Mary Jane jealous, so he brings the cop's daughter from the uh, festival to the nightclub where she works, but the cop's daughter catches on and storms out. Peter gets in a fight with the bouncers and accidentally hits Mary Jane, at which point he realizes symbiote is a problem, as has been his attitude for a while. He flees to a church bell tower, where he has trouble removing the suit, but eventually the bells ring, and the suit seems to get weaker, and he's able to pull it off. He tears it off, and it falls into the tower, landing on Brock, who is there praying, well, for bad things to happen to Peter. I think his prayers may have just been answered. The symbiote binds with Brock. Brock is the photographer that Peter got fired. Did I mention that? I don't think I did. I don't think it's super important. Anyway, Brock finds Sandman and offers to join forces so that they can defeat Spider-Man together. He hijacks Mary Jane's taxi and hangs it from a web hundreds of feet above a sand-filled construction site. Peter goes to Harry for help, because he knows it's a trap, and unlike so many heroes of our acquaintance, has opted to not just run headfirst into it. However, Harry is still angry at Peter, and refuses to help him. So Peter has to walk into the trap anyway. However, Harry's butler, I think he is, tells him the truth about his father's death. Or at least he tells him when he cleaned up the body, it looked like the injuries were from the blades on his dad's own goblin stuff, and not from anything Spider-Man did. So, Harry has now figured out that Dad accidentally killed himself while trying to kill Peter, and has decided to forgive Peter for... I don't know, I still feel like Peter was the cause of his death, don't you think? But whatever. Harry runs off to help Peter. Just when Peter's about to take the final blow from Sandman, Harry shows up, temporarily subdues him. Peter fights Brock. Brock tries to impale Peter with Harry's glider, and Harry jumps in the way, and we're back to, this is why if you're a villain, you never go good. This is the second movie in this series where the villain has gone good at the last minute and wound up dead. Peter eventually figures out that it was sound waves that got the symbiote off him, and sets things up so that sound waves will get the symbiote off of Brock as well. The alien does release Brock, Peter use, and Peter pulls Brock away from it. However, it's gained enough strength and power to be out on its own now. Peter throws a pumpkin bomb at it, but Brock jumps in to rebond with it, and both are destroyed by the blast. Meanwhile, Flint Marco, i.e. dissipated sand guy, tells Peter he never intended to kill Uncle Ben. He only wanted his car and shot him accidentally when his partner grabbed his arm. He claims that he's been sorry about it ever since, and Peter forgives him because apparently the moral of this story is we forgive people who killed our father figures if they didn't mean it? I'm not sure that's healthy. Whatever. Sam Guy dissipates and floats off. Peter and the dying Harry forgive each other. Peter and Mary Jane get back together and are apparently happy. Thank God this movie is over and I don't have to watch any more of them. Which brings us to Demographics Watch. Sky High had a lot of powered characters, so I'm going to limit it to named characters that I actually remember having names. And that still gives us six more white males, three more white females, one Asian female, and one black male on the hero's side. 
for villains, three more white males, one white female, and one black female. Spider-Man 3 is pretty simple. It just gave us two more white male villains. Well, three, because I don't think I counted Harry before. Which is going to bring our running totals up to heroes. 63 white males, 6 Asian males, 9 black men, 1 Maori man, 1 Hispanic man, 1 Native American man. Females, 17 white women, 3 Asian women, 3 black women, 1 Native American woman. On the villain's side, we are up to 51 white males, 13 white females, 7 Asian males, 2 Asian females, 3 black men, 2 black women, 1 Hispanic man, 2 Hispanic women, and 1 Native American man. I think that's about going to sum things up for us the moment. So everyone stay safe until next time. In the meantime, remember to review us on iTunes or Stitcher, comment on SoundCloud, or on our blog at superfrenemies.com.